Nikuda Behichola series for the Sicha in Lakuta Sichis, volume 19, verse Hanon 3, titled Neighbors. From the verse, and you shall do what is proper and good in the eyes of the Lord, we learn out in the Talmud, Bab Metziah, the laws of borders, Balmetra, concerning buying a field that the buyer must remove himself and give it to who owns the field bordering on this one. Now, simply what that means is if uh, one guy wants to sell his field and someone else bought it, that guy who bought it has an obligation to do what's good and proper and bring it to the neighbor ring field because it's easier for a guy to have two fields connected while he can buy a field somewhere else. Okay, this law is upon the buyer and not the seller and therefore one, the sale is complete and the buyer needs to give it to the neighbor. And two, quote, a seller sold a field to a Gentile, this purchase is not subject to the law of one whose field borders the field of his border, end quote because it's on the buyer, and the Gentile doesn't have these obligations of the Torah. However, let us look deeper into this law of one who borders, Baal-Metra. One, is it but an obligation of good behavior upon the buyer, and only if he doesn't fulfill the obligation will the court step in and force him to? That would be Rashi's opinion. Or, two, is it, as a quote from the Nebuka Yosef, as if he, the neighbor, has a bit of an acquisition in the very land of his neighbor's field, end quote, which would then, A, connect some of obligation to the seller, and B, would have the court immediately involved due to the law of acquisitions. That would be Maimonides' opinion. In other words, Rashi holds that the relationship of neighbors is but external, and hence speaks only of good behavior while Maimonides holds that it is deeper and essential, and hence deals with an already existing acquisition among neighbors. Hence, the law has some connection with the seller. In greater measure, the soul of these opinions reflect itself in the entire Torah concept of neighbors as it reflects itself within all of creation. Now, creation, the book of formation categorizes as three categories, world, which means place, year, which means time, and soul, which means mankind. So number one, world, place. That's what we just defined concerning the laws of neighbors with fields. Two, year, time. One is obligated biblically to add on time to before and after Yom Kippur, and some say only rabbinically to Shabbat and holidays. Our different opinions in the relationship of neighbors will define itself over here in time whether one may make kiddush in the added on time before Shabbat and holidays. So understand that here we're referring to the time that we add on to Shabbat as the neighbor. Now, if this neighbor relationship is only external, that's what Rashi says, then although this time is connected to Shabbat or holiday, it doesn't become Shabbat to be able to do the Kiddush. However, if the neighbor has an internal relationship on the neighbor, what Maimonides says, then one may make Kiddush in the neighbor time of Shabbat and holidays. 
Now let's go to the category of soul, mankind. Here the Rebbe makes a siyum, a conclusion on a tractic in Talmud called Sukkot. And the Talmud concludes with following. The family of Bilga always divides the showbread in the south, while all other Kohanim watches divided in the north. The sages taught there was an incident involving Miriam, the daughter of a member of the Bilga watch, who apostatized and went and married a soldier serving in the army of the Greek kings. When the sages heard about this, they fixed the ring of the Bilga watch in place, rendering it non-functional, and sealed its niche. We'll soon talk about what the ring in the niche is. Now the Talmud asks, one second, do we penalize the entire watch of Bilga because of his daughter? Abaya says, yes. Woe unto the wicked, woe unto his neighbor. Good for the righteous, good for his neighbor. As it is stated in Isaiah, say you the, of the righteous, singular, that it shall be good for him, for they, plural, including the neighbors, shall eat the fruit of their, it means the neighbor's internal effect of change upon his neighbors, their doings of their neighbor. Now, just that you know, and we'll soon see why, Rashi doesn't have this verse in his transcript of the Talmud, and instead he gives the reasoning of why blessed be the righteous and good for his neighbors and he says quote for the measurement of goodness is greater than the measurement of evil end quote which means that he's telling us that if the talmud said that we brought a proof that woe to the wicked and woe to his neighbor how much more so good to the righteous and good to his neighbor now because Rashi defines the relationship of neighbors as external and the neighbor does not have an inner transformation to evil, hence he defies, defines the word ring that the Talmud says as the ring in which the animal's head is placed for slaughtering and the niche that they, the Talmud talks about as the locker they had for their slaughtering knives. Meaning, slaughtering the sacrifice is permissible by a woman were she to use a long knife reaching in from the woman's courtyard into the courtyard where they slaughtered the sacrifices. Hence, the watch was only punished with that which Miriam herself could have done because that's the extent of the relationship and effect of neighbors. Maimonides, who sees a deep inner effect of neighbors upon each other, defines the ring as the ring on which the carcass was hung to be skinned, and the niche as the locker in which the priestly garments were kept. Now both of these were being permissible only by a male Kohen, nothing to do with Miriam, other than that she so deeply affected her entire family with her evil, rendering they themselves punishable concerning their own duties in the Holy Temple. This is also why Rashi cannot extrapolate. Remember we spoke about the verse at the end that he doesn't have? He doesn't extrapolate the good for the righteous and good for his neighbor from the verse. For it talks of an inner effect of the righteous on his neighbor. And Rashi speaks only of the external relationship between them. Nevertheless, 
Rashi emphasizes it in his comment on the good for the righteous and good for his neighbor. He says, greater than, right? That the attribute of goodness is greater by God than the attributes of evil. Telling us that even in the sinner himself, the sin is but external and hence affects the neighbor only externally. However, the Jews' goodness is internal and hence the effect of the righteous on the neighbor is greater than and is internal.